everybody. Hello. We know that you love our nighttime recordings because we get so crazy. <laughs> Things just get a little delirious, a little cookie. A little cookie. <laughs> but you're listening to this at any time of day, but just know that we're like, this Monday night isn't going unfinished without some powerful stuff. No, we will not hit that pillow until our voices are heard. And seen and processed and adored. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But who are we to stop you? <laughs> um, wow, guys. Thanks for being here. We have a really powerful episode. It's been baking. It's been baking. My last name is Baker. Baker's going to bake. <laughs> bake, 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 bake these episodes. Um, and, you know, as you listen to powerful stuff, we increase the tolerance that you can handle of the power each episode. So each week it actually, I know we were like, oh, this week is like the most powerful, but each week it actually becomes progressively more powerful. <laughs> Until you just combust, then we start over. Right. Just like the journey of the, the cosmos. life, exactly. Yeah. The big bang. Big bang. Expands until it starts again. White dwarf, Little black seed. hole. Yeah. Dark matter. Buried in string theory, 10th dimension. Or like interstellar in the time space. Oh, I need to watch that. Someone just told Continuum. me I have to see I'd it. watch it again with you. Okay, done. Yeah. Um, there you have it. I love a good Matthew McConaughey space flick. A serious Matthew McConaughey. I know. All right now. <laughs> I can't even picture it, but that's why I'm excited. Oh, I know. I can't wait. Um, anyways, you guys might be wondering, okay, enough of this small talk. <laughs> what is this power about? So you guys may or may not know this unless you're an avid follower of my Instagram. And even if you are, the algorithm only shows it to a few of you. <laughs> but... Um, I was on Squid Games. Woo! Oh Beat my God. me to it. We both reached for the button. Um, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, kind of a big deal. Not my claim to fame because I was nope. elim eliminated in red light, green light, which we'll tell you guys all about. But we're using this episode, uh, and Eileen's going to share some of her stuff too about her sabbatical last year. Yeah, I feel like I've alluded a lot to this mysterious India trip for a month, but I haven't really talked about it, mostly because I needed to process it for the past six months, but we'll get into it. We're ready. So the whole theme between both of these is it's never, you know, rejection. It's always a redirection. And not just rejection in the traditional sense, but something that you thought was going to be pivotal for you in a certain way. Maybe it ends or it combusts or you have to get out of it. Um, but it actually redirects you to the most perfect path. It's always the perfect medicine. As my mom always told me, retrospective vision is always 2020. Mm. And as such, I once wrote a poem that was like, every no is a stepping stone building the pathway to your throne. Ooh. I like that. That wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. So we're really just going to talk about things that you might have expected or hoped or wished would go a certain way and they didn't and how to make peace with that, to grieve that, to release that and to trust in the unfolding of the perfection beyond that. Yeah. And this can be 
you know, adventures like Meredith and I embarked on, personal development and goals that we had. It can be relationships. It can be just, um, yeah, anything. Anything. Yeah. The dots all connecting, connecting the dots, as they say. Exactly. Kindergarten. We miss those, connecting the dots. I just forgot about that. Pictures. Yeah. You should wow. do some sometime. That's like coloring 2.0. I know. Millennials need it back. We need it back. Paint by numbers, move over. <laughs> <laughs> Connect those dots. We love connecting the dots and closing the loops. I mean, otherwise we're just flailing about here in space. Like I know. our interstellar floating... Matthew. Yeah. No loop left unclosed. Uh-uh. We would never do that to you guys. Okay. So, wow. Before we get into it, we'll start with our three grounding breaths. Taking a deep breath in through your nose, breathing into your heart space, the crown of your head, whatever that is that's feeling like a rejection or a stickiness at this point, exhaling it out, letting yourself just feel it fully. Second breath in to breathe in the space of what if, maybe, possibility. Exhaling that out, letting that new space of possibility open to see new things that you haven't seen before. And third breath in to arrive here in this powerful stuff, time-space continuum with us. And exhaling it out. Being fully here, fully now, fully powerful. And so to kick it off, I'll share with you guys my little anecdote. Oh my gosh, we have the sweetest little kitty here today. Eileen is holding space for a cat right now. More to come on this, but it's kind of a big deal. It's a big deal. And speaking of interstellar, her name is Estrella, which means star in Spanish. She's so cute. She's just sitting in between us wanting to be pet. I know. This is her way of... She's like, I want to be seen too. Yeah. It's my time to shine. Get me a mic. She's looking at me. And when she wants you to pet her, she like puts her paws together. She like claps her paws. It's unreal. She like stands up. Yeah. So back to Squid Games. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll give you guys the quick and dirty, but I had always thought it would be fun to do something like The Amazing Race where you're using your intellect and your physical prowess to solve a puzzle, you know, and oh my gosh, she keeps <laughs> clapping her little paws. <laughs> I cannot, too much. my heart is about to explode. You will I might combust. Get a photo of this unpowerful stuff, you guys. Um, but so, oh my gosh, I can't look her way. It's so distracting. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I, I'd always said I wanted to do a reality show like that. And, um, and then I got this email from Backstage Casting last year that's like, apply for Squid Games. And I had seen the first episode of Squid Games the year prior. Yeah. And I couldn't watch more, to be honest. I mean, I haven't seen a single second of it, and I am nauseous just thinking about it. It was so funny, because actually after the first episode, because I was watching it, because there was a lot of hype, I was like, this yeah. is so stressful. Mm. Life is already stressful. Why am I doing this to my nervous system right before bed? Yeah, I mean, let's we can talk about that too another day. But the yeah. fact that that was viral during that time, everyone's like, we're stressed. <laughs> yeah, and this is adding to our stress, and we love it. Yes. Yes. Psychotic. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna apply 
if it's not the amazing race, maybe it's squid game. So I applied, I kept getting further and further along in the interview process. I ended up watching the full series, which was so stressful. (laughs) Um, yeah, that mixed with caffeine is not a good combination. No, not a good combination. No. And, um, you know, I was like starting to think like, you know what, you know, I run marathons, like, I love like intellect and problem solving. Like maybe I have a really good shot at getting pretty far. So then I started to develop like silent expectation of mm. like, you know, I'm at least going to get far and I'm going to be the person on Squid Games who's like the rational coach who like helps other people like delve deeper into themselves. And then I was like reading game theory books. I was going to escape rooms. I was making my husband play checkers with me every night just to like stay like in that that, that yes. problem solving mentality and then you were training I was training you know mind body spirit soul, yeah. <laughs> and squid <laughs> and um you know I ended up getting it and I told all of my clients and everyone that I was going dark for a month because you're not allowed to say like I'm gonna be on squid games yeah And so I was like, you won't hear from me for a month. And I, Spencer and I even did like a little couple ceremony because I thought I wouldn't have my phone for a month. And I'm like, we did a ceremony around like not, you know, having contact for a month. True. That's a big deal. Yeah. That was the first time I thought that we would go that long without speaking. Mm. And so I go to London and, um, you know, we're quarantined for a few days in a hotel room in London And my mom, who's one of the few people who knew what I was doing at the time, told me the night before they took our phones away, she was like, Meredith, I just want to let you know that your um, value Mm. is not defined by how well you can play red light, green light. I hope you know that. Wow. Ellen gets it. Ellen gets it. At the time, I was like, of course, mom. (laughs) But (laughs) retrospectively, what did I know? So then we get to red light, green light. And um, long story short, (laughs) I was eliminated (laughs) in, in red light, green light. And as my ink pack went off, I was so cold. I was tired. I like hadn't gotten a lot of sleep and I just burst into tears. I like didn't even think I would have that reaction, but it's just like all of a sudden, like all those silent expectations of even, I didn't necessarily even think I was going to win squid games, but I thought I was going to like, you know, have the experience of like the immersive experience of going to the dorms, like Mm -hmm. being in the game. And I just burst into tears and started sobbing. And it was at that moment that I was like, oh, I did actually think that this was going to end differently. Yeah. And I feel like it's a little bit different than our expectations episode because even though expectations are so heavily involved, I think the difference is here at the outset, you believe because you have such an element of control over the situation that it's less of an expectation and more of just of a like, I'm setting out to do something and I'm going to achieve it. Right. Exactly. Um, and that's where you kind of get a little, that's where it gets hard too, because you, you do feel like you have to just keep pushing yourself and that's what you did. And I know you can't maybe necessarily say it. I have heard others talk about like how on screen, of course, on the show, that's only a few minutes, but you guys were out there all day, half the night, you know, for hours and hours. And I was crying and it took a few, you know, a few minutes. I was kind of in shock, but then afterward I thought, you know, like, what would I tell a friend or a client mm. who this happened to? 
And it's like, of course, allow yourself to grieve what you thought was. And then how is this happening for me? How is it forcing me to shift directions in some way? So not only during that time in London before I was sent home two days later, I bonded with the other Squid Games eliminated folk um, who, you know, we all kind of bonded. I don't want to say trauma bonded because it wasn't <laughs> that that intense, but like bonded over the shared experience of being yeah. eliminated. A little T. Uh, yeah, trauma with a little T. And, and then, uh, you know, I explored London. I hadn't been back there since I lived there seven years ago. It was such a different chapter. So just walking back past my old apartment, wow. going to my old yoga studio, shout out to Try Yoga in Camden, which I love. Camden. I know it's amazing. You'd love it. I sat on Primrose Hill, looked at the sunset. And um, you know, I was just like, okay, I allow myself to grieve. And now I'm starting after the grieving, I allowed myself to start to see the gratitude. Gratitude for being in London, for having that romp down memory lane, going to Bermondsey Market with some of the other eliminated contestants. Um, and then I got back to LA and I was like, Am I gonna just tell my clients I'm back in LA? And, um, you know, start taking clients again immediately because I do, do, do. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to use this month to be still, to have a sabbatical, to do nothing. And I forgot to tell you guys, so I have mentioned it on previous episodes that December of last year, I had an abortion mm. um, and it was really difficult emotionally, uh, hormonally. And, um, Squid Games was right after that. So imagine feeling like a vulnerable baby deer and then being thrown into intense circumstances like Squid Games. So no. it was almost like the elimination ended up being such a blessing. Because then it opened up this time for you to actually process and heal through all of that. Totally. Wow. Yeah. And I ended up um, not telling anyone I was back. And I did a solo sabbatical like Spencer and I did a camping trip to... Santa Barbara, and we stayed at a farm on hip camp, um, petted pigs and chickens yeah. and stuff. And then I did a solo trip alone, which I highly recommend. And as a couple, I think it's super healthy, like once a year for each of you to take your own trip in alone time. Yes, 100%. Yes. Yes. And uh, yeah, went to... Well, first I went to San Francisco with you. <laughs> I was like, solo sabbatical. <laughs> with my girls. With my girls. I mean, that was just necessary. Necessary. Got to reset, you know. Yeah. And then I dr drove my car down to um, down to this monastery that Eileen had recommended. <gasps> yeah. The new Camaldi Hermitage. Yes. And at the Hermitage, there's no cell service. You stay in simple and humble lodging and observe silence. And so I observed silence for two days. I let my thoughts still. I went for long, slow walks. There was nothing to do. And it's so funny, the first few days I was trying to schedule everything <laughs> internally. Like, okay, I'm going to wake up and meditate for an hour. Then I'm going to journal for an hour. Then I'm going to read. Then I'm going to go for a walk for an hour. Then I'm going to play guitar for an hour. <laughs> and it's like, what is the schedule for? <laughs> like, the schedule yeah. for? And I still find myself sometimes doing it. And I'm like, okay, this is the opposite, gentle yes. puppy. And that's like the, actually the imagery that I got. I, um, I did take, I found in my guitar bag actually at the Hermitage that I had like a leftover mushroom chocolate. Perfect. And I never take mushrooms around other people cause I usually get social anxiety with those in particular. And, um, and we prefer kind of the healing 
side of it. Yeah. And so I was like, what better place than a hermitage? (laughs) A silent Catholic monastery two miles up a mountain in Big Sur. Yeah. And so I did do some mushrooms alone at night under the stars there. And I got this image of my mind being a puppy Mm. and kind of running around being distracted by thoughts and different things. And I kept saying like, come back, come back to the present moment. And so instead of being like, come back, be present, it was like this gentle, like, come back gently like coaxing the puppy mm. back uh, in that tender maternal voice. And the the phrase that kept coming to me was, all questions are answered in the present moment. <sighs> wow. And it was really powerful uh, to have that musing. And then I booked a spiritual counseling session with a monk, which is the one time you can speak at the monastery. Mm. It was actually hilarious. Like the monk, I talked his ear off because I was like so excited to talk to someone finally after two days. <laughs> and uh, well, so the opposite of me after I stayed there, I was like, "Great, I'm silent for a week." <laughs> yeah, you're like perfect, and I'm like, ah. um, but yeah, he said our twenties are like a candy store. I'll tell you the two wisdoms he said. Yeah. The twenties are like a candy store. You try everything. And then your 30s, you get discerning taste and you decide what you actually want more of. Mm. And then you let that digest and get the nutrients from that. Mm. And then he also said, I was like, do you still get triggered as a monk? And Because he's like 75 or something. He's like, yeah, I get triggered all the time by the other brothers here. <laughs> like, But then I come back to, how is this connecting me closer to God? Wow, there you go. Yeah, and whether you believe in God or not, I think that... To self, to nature. To yeah, connecting yourself deeper to yourself, to your your internal presence, whatever it might be. But it's just good a reminder that we're never like fully healed or fully awakened. It's like just the difference is that he has compassion and curiosity Yeah. when triggers come up instead of like, oh no, the trigger comes up so I'm not healed. It's like, oh great, the trigger comes up. It's a new, a new invitation for something. And that's such a perfect example too because, you know, we always we tend to blame things on our environment and the world around us. And here's someone who's chosen his path, a life of pretty much solitude with some colleagues essentially living totally isolated in the most beautiful place in the world. And it's just further proof that all of this is just in the human mind. Totally, a thousand percent. But yeah, it was funny at the end um, of our session, we were actually like still had 20 minutes to go and I was like chatting with him and philosophizing. And then he's like, this has never happened to me before, but I'm actually kind of stumped on what to tell you. Because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> he's like, I honestly have nothing left. <laughs> and I was like, perfect. <laughs> but a great reminder that all answers are on the inside. <laughs> exactly. Um, but then after that, I went to Esalen, which I had been longing to go to for ages. And Esalen is like five minutes from the monastery and met so many people and kind of had this hybrid blend of silence and connection with others there. And it's like 24-hour hot springs where you're clothing optional, but really it means like most everyone is naked. <laughs> whoop, whoop. No, and it's so funny though, because it's so normal there. You feel awkward the first moment you pull your robe off, but then like totally. a day in, you're talking to like a grandpa and his son well, yeah, naked truly. in the hot tub. That's how I felt at Burning Man. Like you just, it's so... There's no sexualization. It's just feels normal. Right. I love yeah. it. It was great. And um, and then I also did a glamping moment at Ventana Campgrounds in Mixer and 
So long story short, I like to say Squid Games actually created that pocket of stillness for me yeah. that I wouldn't have had otherwise and that I desperately needed on an emotional and physical level that I hadn't really acknowledged since the abortion. Um, and that cocooning time actually gave way to some of my best ideas this year. Like I came back from that sabbatical and I launched best morning ever, which was like my morning routine, you know, on Mondays of yoga, meditation, breathwork, journaling, connection, all before 8.30 a.m. And it ended up being a consistent thing. I led with best morning ever with uh, my experience company, more of that. Um, and we had over a thousand t- attendees. We did it over 34 weeks. Uh, didn't miss a week except for the LA hurricane. And like that idea came from that quiet solo mm. sabbatical time. And so it really, d- and then like our retreat full bloom yeah. came after. And so it was really like a cocooning moment, but I needed to cocoon before the butterfly could reemerge. And so the TLDR with Squid Games is that after I was able to process the kind of, you know, loss of expectation, a little grief, I was able to return to gratitude and be like, what did it create space for? Yeah. And what is this, what is it inviting me to do? Sometimes like when people get injured, they, you know, and they like have a broken ankle or arm and they're like, it forced me to slow down. Yeah. I didn't realize I needed to slow down. It's like, um, and you know, knock on wood that we can all get that kind of message without an injury. But yeah. it was that same idea of like, it created this space for me to slow down in a way that I desperately needed. Wow. Yeah. And it was just holding that time for you, waiting for you to get there. That's right. Wow. So with that, as Eileen and I are so in sync, Eileen had a parallel journey <laughs> of her own sort, same, same, but different. Yeah, it is During that crazy. exact time period. Wow. Do you want to share? I do. Yeah. It is so nuts. I didn't even realize that. And that's another thing that you realize when you step back and you look back a few months or six months or a year later is you start to see like those patterns and they just all start to make sense. And it's not about being toxically positive, but it's just actually looking at it objectively. Um, So all that's to say, I had been going through such a journey with career and everything and feeling like I wanted to... Um, really tap into kind of the spiritual side of self. And there are some different motives for taking this trip. Um, I should say you actually got me back into yoga during the pandemic. What? I'm honored because you're like such a Zen powerful yogi now. Yeah. I mean, I was always into it, but there was something about your classes that just the flow and the order of them just made me feel so good. And I rediscovered it, fell back in love with it. Oh my gosh. And then in Venice, (laughs) in Venice was taking so much yoga and it really became like, it replaced ballet and all these other things that had been such a creative outlet for me. And it became my exercise, my creativity, my emotional expression. Um, And then simultaneously had been connected through a very dear friend of mine to um, this Tantra spiritual group. And we do talk about Tantra, I think, a lot in the like new age spirituality. A lot of it has to do with sex, and that is sort of the origin, but 
it's definitely misconstrued. You're not supposed to actually engage in the sexual part. Isn't that so funny? Because people just assume that it's like it's literally close off, and it's like the opposite. It's actually like the orgasm is not the goal. The orgasm is the metric to tell you how in control of yourself you are. Yeah, <laughs> and how clear your channel, your body, your mind are. So, um, yeah, we can get more into that another day too. Oh my gosh. But I was, because of that, so curious about joining this group and also really feeling like if I'm going to do this, I want to go to the source and I don't want to be distracted by all this weird appropriated new age spirituality. Um, and so I'm going to go to India and India was not on my list at all, but, sometimes you just get this pull and it was almost like my body was just moving towards it. And Mm -hmm. I was on a train and it was like, I was obviously in control, but something was just pulling me there. I had to go. And so I signed up for a yoga teacher training course. That was the main impetus. And that was kind of what structured the whole trip. Um, And it made so much sense to me because then I could also come back with something tangible as well. In addition to all of this side training and learning and come back and start teaching, which I really wanted to do. Oh my gosh. Eileen is an amazing space holder. I can't wait for your luteal yin yoga classes. Oh my God. Yeah. All these ideas around cycle syncing, which of course now is in like everything. Yeah. Um, you sniffed it out. Yeah. You knew. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's like the big magic. The idea is just landing on all of us this time. So true. It's crazy. It is. And Anyways, so this course was not at all what I thought it was going to be. It was not where I expected it to be. It was off the main kind of strip and it was very small and just kind of a, it was very beautiful. We were out of the the main city, which even um, there, Rishikesh is not, you know, super huge and busy, but definitely a lot going on. And we were about 40 minutes away in the middle of this super small town uh, no tourists at all, not even really Indian tourists, except those who are just coming to visit temples nearby. And so it was really isolating. Um, and over, it was supposed to be a three week course. And over the first two weeks, um, a sequence of really crazy things started happening. Um, just the way I was treated by certain people, I wound up getting injured. I had to go to the local public hospital there, which was an adventure. Wow. Um, that our dear friend took me to, which was so incredible. And I was so lucky to have a support system there. But um, the message really is with all that background, I was so set on this plan and I was so determined to see it through and I was so determined to not give up on any aspect of it that even as all these strange things kept happening at the school, I just stayed because I was like, I have to get this certificate. This is what I came here for and I'm doing all this exploring on the side and on the weekends with our friends, but like I need this piece of paper because that's my tangible thing that I'm coming away with and that's what I set out to do and I'm not going to miss it. And I had this really rigid mindset and there especially I was very, we can say tapped in. I met with someone years ago who was saying, you know, if you really want to have a spiritual experience, all you have to do is quit caffeine alcohol, drugs, and sugar. And without those three things in your body, you're going to start feeling and seeing and understanding some really crazy things because you're 
you have no stimulants, you have no distractions. Oh my gosh, I know the truth of that. And I just think of Minotti's. Mm. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> I go through phases where I can give up caffeine, but ah, uh, I know. I know I could switch to decaf. <laughs> Anyways, food for thought. <laughs> food for thought for all of you out there. It's it's a crazy exercise that alone. Stay in your environment, just quit those three things. And oh my gosh. Damn. Um, so I was doing, I was on that diet. I was eating like the same three beans and rice three times a day. Favorite meal. Favorite meal on a very rigid schedule. My digestion's never been better, but, um, except you had gluten by accident. I did. They gave me soy sauce. That was bad. That was one of the events. I was up all night sick. Um, and yeah, so it got to this point, finally, after the injury, I still was like, I'm going to stay. I'm not leaving. And wound up falling down the stairs and finally having this, what really happened was I had an insane dream. Wow. And it was the most vivid and um, sort of lucid dream I've ever had. And I was in it and I was in a familiar place in New York and some bad guys had taken my brother and they took him into this basement and I went to follow them and find out what was going on and try and save him. And in that basement, there was another door I could go through to kind of fight and get him back. Um, and then I was also made aware that I could just go through the elevator and I would leave and I would be out of the dream and I would be awake. And so this dream was telling me, you have a choice. You can stay and you can see the horrible things that are going to happen and let your subconscious just run and go through that journey. Or you can just wake up and leave. Um, so simple. So simple. Wow. And so in the dream, I decided I'm going to leave. I'm not going to try and fight this and see what's be tricked into thinking that my brother is stolen. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to know that everything's fine. And I did. And that morning, then I decided I was going to leave the school following that same logic. Oh my gosh, what a psychic intervention. It was wild. It really was wild. And so thankfully, um, our friends picked me up that day and I wound up um, getting a ride to their place in Rishikesh right on the river, the most beautiful place you've ever seen in your life, the Himalayan mountains behind it. It's at the source of the river where it's blue and it has this feeling of like silk between your hands. It's insane. And I recorded a video of myself coming back into that place and I was sobbing, crying, hyperventilating. Like wow. I couldn't breathe. And I was just so, the gratitude I felt was like, I couldn't even measure it. it and, and I've been in, you know, worse, more dangerous kind of situations before, but there was something about finally listening to myself and finally letting something go. Letting your intuition guide you to safety. Exactly. That was like, thank God. And it really was a moment with myself of like, thank you, you know, for, for being there for me, for yourself. So exactly as you said. And, um, and yeah, I think that I just had, you know, a couple of weeks to really like do my own thing and go on this um, more solo aspect of the journey and travel around a bit with these friends and had an incredible experience understanding, you know, their life and, and how they've structured it um, to live a really 
a purely spiritual life. There's no element of commerce or money exchange or anything like that, which is, again, another thing we can dive into. But the experience was for me to go to witness this, to understand what that meant, and to be able to really assess my life, assess what was working and what wasn't, and make a decision of whether or not I was going to come back or not. And having that space and having that opening where I could listen to my intuition, as you said, then was able to guide me through all of these questions that had been sort of haunting me for the past year. And that's when I decided I missed LA so much. I wanted to come back. I wanted to come back to my apartment. Yes, we were so relieved <laughs> because before India, you're like, I might move somewhere else. Who knows? I and you came back with no like idea. a newfound love for LA. Yeah, truly. Yeah, I was like ready to go and wander and live abroad and who knows what. And then it was like, no, this is the most amazing place. People here are so passionate. They're following their dreams. They have access to follow their dreams. We have a community that's so supportive. We have abundance that is like beyond immeasurable and I had had such a reaction to that abundance and that excess and I think I was trying to make myself so small and run away from that and find something that felt soothing but ultimately it's about really understanding all the opportunities you have and instead of kind of being afraid of them um seeing how you can live your biggest kind of most expressed life with them. I love that takeaway. That's so powerful. It was insane. I'm like worked up and I really oh haven't been able to reflect on that whole experience until recently because it's just been such a crazy ride. Yeah, ride. I just decided to come back and went like 100% on everything. So I love that. Yeah, I feel like it was Eileen pre and post- India, like coming back, you really did set into motion, like letting go certain things, like setting boundaries, starting your new chapter, your new job, and like recommitting to LA. And powerful stuff came, the impetus for powerful stuff came in April, which was right after you got back. Yeah. Actually, like the first time I saw you since after India. Yeah. And after my Squid Games. Oh my gosh. Wow. Full circle. Wait, that is crazy because we had both been kind of thinking about it and then we came together. Yeah. And so what, like, it's like you had that thought, I had that thought, both of us were like ready to share our voices in this new way because we reunited at Christie's Bachelorette in Scottsdale and it was the first time I'd seen you since India. Wait, that's so true. That was the first weekend. Oh my God. Wow. Wait, and that makes so much sense. Like we really, we had been wanting to do this for so long, of course, but you can't really do it until you're ready to be 100% open. Yeah, we had like had funny little whispers about it yeah. in our other place, but I think it was like cat and mouse, like, is it going to happen? But then both of us were like, let's do it. And we both were like, no way, I was thinking about that. Yeah. But yeah, it was like your, I love what you said about yours too, of just like letting go of the grieving of like, I'm not getting that certificate or that paper, but yeah. maybe why I came here, even though that was like the initial driving force it's like it actually brought me here to awaken to my own intuition yes in a trial or rite of passage that I didn't expect yes a hundred percent yes and because you know you also go to these things thinking that everyone else knows and understands everything and and is like an expert and 
no matter where you are in the world, even if you're at the quote-unquote source, the experts are very few and far between. And it, it gives you that added permission to be like, I know myself, and if I'm listening, then I actually you know, can understand everything on my own, essentially. Totally. Yeah, you with your teachers there, me with the monk, it's like, of course, yeah. we can learn from other people, but ultimately we are the ones who have the answers. Yeah. It's so funny, too, because when clients are like, what do you think I should do? I'm like, what do you think that I think you should do? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like you have to uncork something. And once you do, it just spurs out and that energy like will, it will run ahead of you. Yeah. Wow. So powerful. I love that we both had that realization, that powerful stuff. (laughs) So basically we wouldn't be with here with you guys, if not for Indian squid games. (coughs) Sorry, I'm a little sick, but that's so powerful. Oh, yeah. Eileen's pushing through. That's the dedication to this podcast. It's truly, this, I have so much energy behind this little cold. Oh, I thought you were <laughs> going to say behind this microphone. Oh, that too. <laughs> so to kind of apply both of these large odysseys to you guys, not just for obviously these kind of like life directions or, or big things that happen like this, but... I mean, everything's big and small at the same time, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it can be like a relationship. Like maybe you thought, oh, this was going to be my person and they're not. And of course it's grieving that, but then it's like, what did they open you up to? How have they helped you discover like what is possible in a relationship or brought you closer to what you do want? How might knowing them taught you something new about yourself and now you've learned this new skill that's taking you off on this path. So it's kind of like mining for gold or like, or not mining for it, but you know, those gold pans. Sifting. The, uh, sifting in the water yeah. uh, for the flecks of gold. I did that once when I was little. I could see that. Yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say, yeah. And, and I think the biggest lesson for me was also like, what if I'd listened to myself earlier? You know, mm. what if I had left a week instead of two weeks? Could I have avoided getting injured? Could I then have been able to explore more on my own and actually like, you know, get even more out of the experience independently if right. I wasn't trying to like stick and hold on to something? And so whether that's an experience or a person, you know, thinking about what's what's not just the next step, but what's like three or four steps down the line, if ultimately, you know, if ultimately there's a parting that has to occur, like maybe there's a way to actually make it a little bit easier on yourself. Yes. If you sense that and not try to automatically fight it and clench and hold on. Yes. That release, the surrender experiment, as Michael Singer would say. Yeah. And, oh my gosh, she's doing her little paw things again. Stop it. You're so cute. I can't. Um, by she, I mean the cat. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never know. Um, but yeah, that's so true. It's like listening to ourselves and trusting that everything is happening for a reason. And that is part of what we were saying with the expectation episode of like, you know, how do you want to feel or what lesson are you hoping to get on the other side of this? And, and then releasing how that looks. Yeah. 
and it doesn't have to be like completing a certification. It doesn't have to be getting to the end of Squid Games and feeling validated. Um, it's like if I went because I wanted to have a new experience, how could I still give myself that new experience with my solo time in Big Sur? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've had lessons like this to give you guys some other examples with like, um, you know, guys before Spencer of like, you know, well, what if I keep playing this game of cat and mouse or I could just ask this person like point blank what's going on. But of course, part of me didn't want to ask him point blank because my intuition knew that it wouldn't be reciprocated. But by asking him what's going on or what is this, I actually broke a, yeah. broke a cycle of like um, avoidance. Of, avoidance and I showed up for myself and even though it didn't turn out quote unquote like I had hoped of reciprocity, it made me proud of myself that I would trust myself to just stay in situations where I felt valued. Yeah. And it tr- it made me trust myself to use my voice and speak up. And those qualities all, or that cleared space for Spencer to enter my life first and foremost, because imagine if I had still been holding on to hope of this other guy. Yeah. But secondly, it also gave me the skills and the self-trust needed to then speak up and build a really powerful relationship with Spencer. Yes. And so that's why rejection truly doesn't exist and failure doesn't exist. Yeah. If we say, how is it, like, what do I need to grieve first and foremost? Just allowing yourself to process it. But then how is this happening for me? Like, how can I, how can this help me grow? How might I look back in five years when I'm on Guy Raz's How I Built This or Elena Meredith's powerful stuff and be like, oh my God. And then this, pivotal moment happened. Yep. <laughs> and and I would have never thought it at the time, but it totally redirected my life. And here I am, a billionaire, you know? A hundred percent. And not to get too into pop culture because we don't really, but there were some crazy... Except we had a whole episode on Taylor Swift. <laughs> Fair. Um, but there have been some crazy, like, high-profile media breakups this year. Mm. Um some Bravo TV stars that I'm sure a lot of people might be acutely aware of. And I think we've seen with that such an interesting reality, like relationships that have been going on for a decade um, and someone just really kind of being, you know, held under someone's shadow, breaking out and then having the opportunities of a lifetime and just purely like launching like a rocket. And no matter how unfathomable that seems at the time, it's so important to remember that because um, you really are rewarded for for leaping and launching. So true, leap in the net appears. Yeah, um, it's such a it's such a true point too, and that's why it's like so funny. Back to like subconscious and our subconscious trying to give us little clues. It's like, you know, people will always be like, oh, I hate my job or mm. something. And then they get fired. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, I can't believe I was <laughs> fired. And it's kind of like, you said you hated your job and you wanted to do this <laughs> yeah. other thing. The universe kind of like kicked you off the cliff and is like, yeah. here you go. Yeah. And so it's kind of like sometimes we're not ready because we're holding on to something out of fear. Yeah. But the universe forces our hand, whether it's through, yeah, a job, breakup or right, a real, shoulder twisting injured a romantic breakup or or getting sick or getting injured and being forced to slow down yeah and so it's like trusting that these if these things are happening what are they trying to sharpen my focus around yeah 
What are they bringing into awareness? Yeah. It's pretty crazy. It really is. And the key here is remembering that you're enough and that it's not happening because you're a rejection or you're a failure. Like my mom said, don't base your worth on how well you can play red light, green light. Um, But it's happening to see like, how can I be even more curious? What is this teaching me? And what can I take from this? And how is it redirecting my path? Yeah. What's opening up? What's opening up? And we know it sounds so trite, but I'm sure you guys all have lived experiences where you went through a breakup and you look back and you're like, oh my God, I'm so glad that happened because then it forced me to move to this new city. Yeah. And then I met this whole group of friends and and it's like usually, you know, more often than not, I think actually I was listening to this podcast on Diary of a CEO. I forget the man's name who was interviewing, but the guy was saying that, you know, he talked to people who had been through traumatic life events and he asked them, like, if any of you could take it back for that to never have happened, would you? And he's like, more than, you know, more than not said, actually, like, it made me who I am today. Yeah. Actually, it redirected my path and it like was horrible and sucked at the time, but it made me who I am and what I stand for. And so that's what we trust and believe for all of you powerful stuffians out there. A hundred percent. Just don't get stuck in it, you know? Don't, don't. Don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. Trust that it's creating space. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I just wanted to say that because I know if I had stayed through all, I could have still stayed. She sure could have. Sure could have. And it would have turned into one of those experiences where it's like, oh, like, why does this keep happening to me? Like, this place is crazy. These people are out to get me. Like, you know, you know those people who are just like, Oh my God, like why one is, thing after another. Why does chaos follow me? Yeah, and, and I know we've talked about that a little bit before. But Existential chaos. Yep, it's, a, it's another way of looking at it and being like, do you have a choice in this situation? Oh, yes. Okay, yeah, just for you guys who aren't loyal listeners yet. Um, exactly what you said, Eileen, in existential kink, as Carolyn Elliott would say. <laughs> like when we keep having that, why does this always happen to me? Then it's like you know, this mentality of like, I'm powerless and these things keep happening to me versus the radical ownership of like, what radical choice could I make? Exactly. I can choose to stay right now and I'm doing it or I can choose to leave from the situation. Yeah. But how do I take ownership so I don't feel like things keep happening to me, but that I can make a choice even if that choice means giving up, quote unquote, something that I thought um, I wanted. Exactly. So whether it's having to give it up yourself or getting the quote-unquote rejection, um, it's turning that into an empowering thing instead of disempowering. Mm. Snaps. Snaps. Um, I just want to do a new button to mix it up for you guys because you've never heard this one before. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's like, oh, (laughs) Rejection no more. (laughs) If you've been feeling rejection, don't you worry because powerful stuff is here. Open yourself up to it. (laughs) Help yourself have a new direction. You got this. And it keeps going because <laughs> life keeps going. One more time. One more time. You never know what's on the other side. So take it for a ride <laughs> and slide into that next chapter. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> Who would play that? <laughs> like,
like, where are we going? <laughs> we just kept going with it and then the look of fear in your eyes. <laughs> I kept going. I'm glad you did. <laughs> it was so fun. But, you know, we wanted to live that experience with you guys. We didn't. We expected that button to be two seconds, but when it wasn't, we're like, we can either have the lemons drop on our head or we can make lemonade. So you guys just witnessed that healing that healing work in real time <laughs> alchemy some might say <laughs> some, some might say well with that should we bring it home let's do it uh, <laughs> roll out those necks <sighs> shake those arms shake those arms just do like a little weird like lion's breath rejection pulling it out no more stomping on it stomping on that feeling of failure just getting it out Yes, it does not belong weighing you down. It does it's like not a paperweight belong. just holding your feet. It's just holding those feet. Okay, so we'll just drop into a little medi from here. So just taking another breath in. Lion's breath it out. One more, getting out any last stuckness. And exhale. Then as you turn your gaze inward. Calling to mind something in your past where it did feel like a rejection or a failure at the time and just sitting with that version of yourself, however old you were, letting them grieve and then reminding them of the beautiful thing that unfolded after or the redirection that happened, that they were strong enough and that they could get through it that you're proud of them. And as you well up in your heart from the memory of the fact that you already know how to pick yourself up and come back stronger, calling forth something in your life right now, <clears throat> maybe it's something that you know you're ready to let go of or that didn't pan out the way you expected. And then... Asking yourself, how might this unexpected ending of this thing create more space for something even more aligned? Allowing any visions or downloads or intuitive hits to come to you of what this new space might be on the other side of this perceived failure or rejection. And how you might navigate this new space with even more wisdom and learnings from the thing that you just went through. As you feel into that new space, how might that invite more expansion and actualized potential? As you breathe into that, envisioning a mirror your mind's eye, getting to see that version of yourself a year from now, noticing their energy, their facial expressions, then asking them how it was actually the perfect redirection. How did it actually perfectly prepare you for what came next? Trusting whatever they say. 
And then asking them for a piece of wisdom as you take that next step and letting your intuition guide you. What is that wisdom that they have to give to you? <sighs> breathing that in as you bring both hands to your heart, breathing that into your heart space, sending it down to your hips, sending it up to the crown of your head, thanking the breakup, the job, the experience for what it was, accepting it for what it is, what it was, gracefully letting it go, feeling it turn into soil under your feet, feeling energized by that, this new day, this new spaciousness as you take a deep breath in, and open mouth exhale, opening your eyes on your next inhale. Exhale, arriving back here with us. Oh. I didn't cry. My eyes are itchy. Okay. Let the record show. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you guys cried. That's okay. It's okay. Crying is good. I love crying. It's actually, it reduces stress. I wish I had. Yeah, same. <laughs> oh my God. The cat's doing it again. She knows she's so cute. Um, so just to sum it up, but we had already mentioned it before, but what is that thing that you're holding on to, whether it's an expectation or hope, and what do you fear will happen if you let it go? And then on the other side of that fear, what is the possibility if you let it go? How might it actually help you open a door to a new unexpected thing or place or person that's even more aligned for you? And finally, what's one step you can do today, this week, to follow your intuition in that, where you're guided by your intuition instead of what you feel like you should do? Beautiful. Anything you'd want to add? That's perfect. Okay, great. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's episode, guys. Thank you for listening, being with us. Thanks for being with us. Remember, all questions are answered in the present moment. Remember that your worth isn't defined by how well you play red light, green light. Mm. Remember that you are enough. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we love you guys. Thanks for being with us on what a roller coaster. Truly, this is fun. And if you see me on red light, green light on Squid Games, tag me. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I appear for a brief split second. Tag Meredith Baker, powerful stuff. Let's go, guys. Let's go. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week for more powerful, powerful stuff. stuff. <laughs> We're pressing all the buttons tonight, guys. <laughs> That's our live audience. Just wow, that audience going crazy. Woo! They love it. We, we love we you. Love you. <laughs>